This morning, I want to create that expectation in your heart for what I believe God is doing in this place. I was praying some weeks ago, and I heard God say, and I'm not saying it's to us, but probably generally, God was saying that I want to do stuff, but my people won't let me. I want to do stuff. I want to do stuff. You know, people are so familiar with coming to church and going back the same way. God wants to do stuff. Amen. God wants to do stuff amongst us. God said, they won't let me. And I began to ask, why? 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 Why won't we let God be God? And let everybody else and everything else be a liar. Amen. And I began to study, and this is one of my favorite passages because I believe that in my own personal life, I want to believe God that I carry this anointing. is the promise that God gave me when I became a minister many years ago. Isaiah 61 is what I believe God spoke to me when I became a, became a pastor, became a leader. And I want to show you something through the scripture this morning. The expectation. You know, let me start with something that happened to me. I think it was on, was last Monday. I, 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 I stopped driving about three years ago. I drive when it's necessary, but I did deliberately stop driving because I want to, I want to keep fit. Amen. Amen. I am not growing younger. Amen. And I want to keep fit. I know I look good for 52. I know that. I look slim. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Yes, you know. No, pot, no African pot belly. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. I stopped eating pando some years ago. Now it's salad. <laughs> Which we, in Nigeria, we call it leaves. But I was, as I was walking to the station on last, last Monday, I believe, can't remember exactly, there was a young, a young lady behind me that I thought was my daughter's friend. And if you're a parent and you've, you, you, your children have grown up here, you would know that your children's friend can pass you without saying hello. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Now, that's not the way we grow, up. we grow up. In Africa, when you see your daddy's friend in Tesco and you are here, you will greet them. You, ha- you have to greet them. Hey, you have to, because they will go home and, um, you know, hallelujah. The rest, the rest is social service, amen. The rest is phone the social service. If you did not greet your daddy's friend when they saw you on the street, ah, hallelujah, praise God. I just can't just imagine those days. So I turned to the young woman and I said, are you not Naomi's friend? Naomi's my daughter. And the lady said to me, oh, you mean the Naomi that walks in, the, the Naomi that walks in, um, in Tesco? And I thought, Naomi, Tesco, my daughter, Tesco, Tesco, Tesco. No, I said, no, 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 no. It is not, it's not 
the Naomi that works in Tesco. And then I began to tell her that the Naomi that goes to the local school there. And she said, oh, local school. She now said to me, oh, I am 38. <laughs> yes, I have been told I need to go to Specsavers. <laughs> I know, I know, I need to go, I need to go. And I thought, 38, and my own Naomi is 16. So I said, Tyre, you got the hallelujah. You know, you know, keep to your preaching ministry. Don't be prophetic, you know, because I got that one wrong. You know, but we, you know, we began to talk because she found that a bit fascinating that, um, you know, I think that she's my 16-year-old daughter's friend. So we began to talk. And then she said to me, are you going to work? And I thought, yes, work, but, you know, I don't call ministry for me. It's not like work. So I had to explain to her that yeah, even though I'm going to the office, I'm going to church, but I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a pastor, you know, I, I'm a man of God. She just went, no, no, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. You're not serious, are you? You're not serious, are you? And then she started crying. And I thought, well, hallelujah. <laughs> what have I done? Now, for her, she believed that was a divine encounter. She's been having problems with her partner. And what she was doing, she was just walking around the streets. She couldn't go home. And she said, man, would you pray for me? I need peace. She just she wasn't going... I'm a Hindu, but I believe in your God. Would you pray for me? And then she started crying. And I thought, okay, in the streets of Essex, what do I do now? Hallelujah. <laughs> so I grabbed her hand and, and, and prayed. And just to cut a long story short, you know, I began to minister to her. She wanted some prayer points that she could confess over her life, the, all the kind of things, that, the thoughts that is going through her head and stuff like that. But for her, you know, the point I'm trying to get out of this is that she believed that that was a divine encounter. She believed it. She believed it. I'm telling you, she believed it because I, I gave her my phone number. I said, look, you call me if, if you're still having problems with your boyfriend. I'll come and minister to him. And she, you know, she just kept on texting me and said, that, whatever happened there is divine. Whatever happened there is divine. Now, I want to tell you that Jesus is in our midst right now. Amen. Amen. Come on. We must expect God to do things. Now, the story, let, let, let me read, it's, it's, from, it's from Luke, Luke, Luke chapter, chapter 4. I'm going to bring some points out, but because of time, we can't read everything. But from verse 16, the Bible says he came to Nazareth where he was, where he was brought up and has his custom words in verse, verse 16. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. It's a custom. Now, Three things you see here. Number one, you see the synagogue, which was tradition. The whole idea of synagogue was developed when they were in Babylon, but it's something they brought with them. And we can be like that. I mean, when, when you understand, it, the, the, the function of the synagogue was totally different from the temple. It, it was limiting in their worship. It was limiting. They brought something that they developed where they were in bondage. They brought it to the land of freedom. And I'm saying sometimes, what do we do in our own life to limit God? 
Okay? Now, the second thing is the Bible says he was handed the scroll. He was handed the book. Now, for me, I'm saying, how can you hand the word to the person that is the word? How can you hand a portion of the word to somebody that is the word? Amen. You understand? How can you give somebody... It's just like giving Mr. Benz, the, the guy that owns the whole of Mercedes-Benz, the manufacturer, the, the one that owned it, the one that designed it, and you give him a tire. So, you know, the guy will tell you, I own everything. Forgive me. If you really understand, which they didn't, the guy, and I'm blaming the guy, I'm blaming the attendant, the minister that gave Jesus the scroll, you should just say, ah, you are the word. We can't give you, you minister. Listen, you can't give Jesus, who owns everything, part of himself. They didn't recognize him. Okay, so he gave him the scroll. The Bible says, then he began to read. And this time he's reading it, not just as history, which is what they expect, they expect somebody, if you understand this, they expect somebody to come and give them a bit of history of a, of a prophet that lived 800 years ago. Come on. What good is a prophet that lived 800 years ago if he has no benefit to my life today? Amen? But this time Jesus is saying something that they couldn't understand. And it goes like this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Right now, it's upon me. Just look at me. It's here. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed, and they understand what the anointing is. They understand that when somebody's anointed, wow, hallelujah, it's breakthrough time. When somebody's anointed, hallelujah, it's freedom time. When somebody's anointed, my God, things can change. Hallelujah. Bodies can be healed. Debts can be paid. Transformation, all kinds of things can happen when somebody carries the anointing of God. He said, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Hallelujah. He said, uh, you know, I'm here right now. I, I, I can heal the brokenhearted. I'm here. I'm proclaiming. I, I, I'm proclaiming. I'm proclaiming liberty, freedom Amen. to the captives. Anybody that is bound, doesn't matter what kind of bondage it is. Demonic bondage, spiritual bondage, financial bondage, whatever bondage it is, boom, I'm here to set people free. And the people sat there with so many problems in their life and they did not even change one bit. Just looking. I refuse to be a spectator in the house of God. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, I refuse. Wherever God is, I refuse to be a spectator. Amen. When I want to spectate, I go to Asna. I go and watch football. I just watch, you know, 22 men running around kicking a ball. But when I come, I don't spectate. I get on the field. Amen. I get on the field. I grab that precious ball and make it mine. Are you with me today? Now, the Bible says, let's move. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Now, if you know anything about the Jewish culture, 
When you've got something serious to say, when you've got something and you are serious, you are, you are serious about what you've got to say. You know that 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 you know what you're saying. Amen. You know what you do? You sit down. You take a seat. Amen. The truth is not many rabbis could do that. Because many of them in those days, in the days of this day, it's been lost. When Jesus said what he said, the Bible says he sat down. And the moment he sat down, everybody that was in the synagogue, the Bible says that they fixed, they, I like that word, it's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like when you put jelly in the fridge to set. It's like they gazed, their eyes were like, whoa, which means no distraction. People that, you know, in church today, some of you right now, you are on Facebook right now in church. <laughs> Facebook. Amen. Come on. Am I lying? You call me a liar? <laughs> okay. People on Facebook. I'm part of the time people are texting in church. I'm telling you. When Jesus sat down, everybody that was texting, everybody that was on Facebook, they now said, hey. It's like Facebook can wait for a minute. What is this guy? What's he going to say? About everybody. Not just a few. Everybody. Everybody. He, took, he, he got their attention. He got their attention. He sat down. Because they know after that, there's going to come some commentary. What is he going to say about Isaiah? What is he going to say? What's he going to say? What's he going to say? Everybody. They fixed on him. They said, wow. Wow. And then the Bible says, he began to say to them, which means to the eyes, he began to say to everybody whose eyes were fixed on him, he began to say to them, prophetically, and also in fulfillment of what has been read, he said, today. Hmm. Today. 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 This scripture that was written, spoken, delivered by Isaiah about 800 years ago is being fulfilled right now. Which means the very things that Isaiah saw can happen. We're not talking about it. He's saying you can experience it right now that the one who brings liberty, the one who brings breakthrough, the one who brings victory, the one who can transform a life, the one who can heal a life, the one who can touch a man's life and turn it around, that person is here in front of you right now. Jesus is in our midst. And I'm here right now. I'm here. Wow. What a blessing. I wonder if Jesus comes to this platform right now, what are we going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to continue to behave ourselves. Thank you. <laughs> you know, son? You know, sometimes in church we're so polite. I'm telling you. So polite. Come on. You will think that somebody will grab him and lock the door of the synagogue and say, today you are going nowhere. You say today, we tell you today. <laughs> you say today, we also say today. You are saying today, we also say today, you are going nowhere. 
Ah, come down. They grab him, lock the door, throw away the keys and say, forever, we will be with you. Tell you. My uncle that is sick at home. You said, you said, you said, eh, you said um, you can heal, you can deliver. Ah, 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 just, ah, just uh, 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 go and call my uncle. Some of us will go and bring our mortgage and say, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> our mortgage um, balance sheet or whatever they call it, hallelujah. Amen. They say, come on, Jesus. To give him the opportunity. You know, sometimes we don't give him the opportunity to do things in our lives. We must give him. We must be radical. Amen. We must. I don't know. You see, I don't know what they should, 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 should have done. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you what they did, what I believe is wrong. Here's what they did. What did they do? The Bible says, 22, so all bore witness to him. And they marveled. I want you to do more than marvels. Wow. A guy can speak like that? Hallelujah. But I said they marveled. And they said, the gracious words. Wow, look at the gracious words that have proceed out of his mouth. Wow, what a wonderful, wow, look at, you know, look, look, look. this is more than words. This is power. I'm telling you, when the word of God goes forth, demons bow. Powers bow. Sickness bows. Deaths bow. Problems are subdued. Hallelujah. When the word of God goes forth in power, demonic kingdoms are subdued. They said, wow, gracious words, gracious words. Wow, this guy, this guy, this guy can talk. Wow. He said, he can talk. Hallelujah. He can talk. Amen. Wow. And then they said something wrong as well. They said something wrong. He said, wow, 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 no, he's not Joseph's son. He is the son of the living God. He is the Messiah, the anointed, the deliverer, our hope, our joy, our peace, our rock, our cup, our bread, our life, our hope, our fortress. Oh, my God. He's everything to us. <laughs> Joseph's son. You know, I was telling the nine o'clock service and I'll finish with this, with, with, a, with a scripture, and then we'll, we'll pray. A few years ago, just finished ministering, and I thought, my God, you know, you, you, feel, you feel, hallelujah, you've done what God has called you to do. I went downstairs into the bookshop, and I met somebody that I've not seen since 1976. That's a long time. She only recognized me by name. That, oh, you're tired? Are you tired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she calls her sister. That was in the bishop as well. Because the sister, can't remember the sister, and said, ah, come, come, sister, do you remember this guy that used to be um, a, a, a neighbor of our auntie that used to live in Nigeria? And the next thing that proceeds out of the mouth of this sister, she said, ah, I remember you when you were wearing pampas in Lagos. And I thought, <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, you know, I was thinking that I need to call my mom. I really need to call my mom now because I thought, 
if my memory serves me right, I went back to Nigeria when I was eight. So I can't imagine an eight-year-old boy. So I wanted to call my mom to confirm that. What happened to you? You, could, you, didn't, you didn't remove the pamper from my hallelujah. You see, the only thing she could recognize, which was a lie, is the pamper wearing at the age of eight in Nigeria. Come on, church. What do we do? Let me show you what we do. We're going to pray. What do we do when Jesus comes? When Jesus is in a place like this, what do we do? John chapter 1. Let me show you. Then we're going to pray. What do we do? John chapter 1. Hallelujah. It's the same thing. It's what it means. John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says, and the word became flesh. Boom. And the word became flesh. And what did it do? And dwelt amongst us. Jesus is here. And then it says, Jesus has done what he needs to do. He comes, he tabernacles, he lives, he moves, he does things amongst us. And how do we respond? This is how we respond. Excuse me. And the Bible says, and we behold his glory. Say, wow. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We behold. We behold his glory. We behold his glory. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. And it changes our hearts. It changes our confession. When we behold his glory, we begin to say what God wants. We begin, you know, we don't get things wrong. We don't call him the son of Joseph. We begin to call him the Messiah, my Lord, my Savior, my Deliverer. We behold his glory. We begin to call him who he is because we know that when it comes like that, the Bible says, you know, we behold, we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten son, the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. And when you think like that, behave like that, believe that, that things begin to happen. And I declare to you right now, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And I tell you, if we Behold his glory and call him according to the scripture. We give him no choice but to do things that he said he would do in our lives.